You're listening to In The Know, a collection of career development insights and leadership experiences from INSEAD, the business school for the world. Everybody has diverse needs for career support, whether they are already on their way to building a successful career in their current organisation or looking to progress in a new organisation or even a new field. In episode 8, we discuss career development and career fulfilment to help you engineer not just greater success at work, but also in your professional and personal fulfillment. Like career fulfillment means is my professional uh, activity, my professional life, is it aligned with who I am? Uh, am I the right person at the right moment, in the right place, the right organization? And, and if yes, this is what I call a static career fulfillment. That was current INSEAD MBA participant Yassine Lalu. Yassine has built an impressive collection of experiences in the financial services industry at Deloitte in Paris and IHS Market in London. We were also joined by Charles Labelle, who is the Head of Employee Engagement for Europe and Americas at INSEAD. In this episode, Charles discussed what modern employers are looking for in employees and what skills or knowledge should our listeners be considering. What they're really after at that stage is how are you going to work with the other people? How, how well do you play with the other kids in the sandbox, essentially, right? Are you able to influence? Are you able to influence without authority? Are you able to strategically think? Are you able to uh, analyze big data, big chunks of data these days? Data is everything. Data is currency in some industries. So let's get in the know with Yassine Lalu and Charles Labelle. Welcome to episode eight, where we're going to talk about career development and career fulfillment. But before we discuss these topics, let's hear a bit from our guests. So uh, Yassine, where are you from? What's your professional background and where are you going with your career? Hi, Luke. Thanks again for, for inviting me. It's a great pleasure to be here. You're welcome. So I was uh, born and raised in Morocco, and I like to say that I uh, matured in France and the UK. Nice. <laughs> and... Uh, I spent the last years in uh, financial services. I started my career in the finance industry while I was still studying uh, for my first master's and I held afterwards several roles in the financial industry in Paris first uh, before I moved to London where I work in the fintech in their uh, private equity services team. And more recently I interned at City in London in their uh, investment banking arm. Nice. Okay. And Charles, tell us a bit about yourself. Excellent. Well, thanks. Hi, Luke. Really appreciate being here. It's exciting to be here. Uh, here at the CDC, I've been here now four years nice. with the CDC, going sure. on my fifth. And I'm coming from the United States. I'm a Midwest U.S. boy where I did my MBA and had my first stint in academia. And it was that stint that actually brought me to France. And now I'm in year nine of being here in France. Wow. So you can tell, having made these transitions, I like being in France and I like being in academia. Yeah. I think that what we do in the Career Center and the impact that we have and the amount of people that we touch throughout the course of being here over four years is just an incredible experience. It's so fast and so intense, 500 new students every six months coming and going. The, the volume and the velocity is just something that if you, uh, if you don't like the fast pace and if you don't like the variety of people well, you know, this is definitely not the experience for you. And that's what I love about being here. Sure. 
and and uh, yeah, for the for the listeners out there, the CDC is the Career Development Centre. And what's your position in the Career Development Centre? How do you fit in? Yeah, that's right. I I head up the employer engagement team for Europe and Americas, and we're a team that's made up of six, including myself. Sure. We have a mirror team that's based on the Singapore campus with an individual that's based on the Abu Dhabi campus. So we're a rather robust team, mm-hmm. and our role is to act as facilitators between the hiring marketplace and the job seekers that come and do our programs here from the MBA to the executive MBA programs. And so this is our role. We sit in between, we educate students, we educate recruiters on how the two can join and find opportunities within each other. Nice. One of the aspects of career is that, you know, the highlights we achieve throughout our career. So you've seen, uh, tell us some of the key highlights. You've got a long and distinguished career looking through your LinkedIn profile and there's, uh, I'm sure, plenty to talk about. But what are some of your key highlights of your career to date? Yeah, sure. Probably the first key highlight is the first time I had to close a deal, per se. So it was a 50 million euro bond insurance uh, listed in Paris for a French developer and manager of student housing and elderly care homes. And that was a lot of work in a very small uh, team context. And I was literally uh, thrown into the project. That was your first project, you said? First project, first full-time position. One week after I I joined the company, (laughs) I really had to meet the CEO and got to understand the business, what are their challenges, and, and really try to build a pitch deck. And we, could, like, we had invest representations three weeks later. Sure. Uh, lies with the uh, um, regulator because it was a fairly new project in, in the Paris uh, capital marketplace. Sure. And you got to hit the ground running fast. And what I remember from that is really gave me the thrill of the deal, closing deals, and getting the sense of ownership of what you're working on and also like being accountable to your client because you're, you're promising a lot of money for, for the development of this company and, and, and you'd better uh, succeed in what you're promising. Sure. And maybe a second one is when I brought business to my company. So uh, when I was uh, working at Deloitte, I had a chance to have some friends and some business relationships in, in other companies that never worked with uh, with Deloitte and I managed to bring them as, as new clients and it was the first time I was selling something to someone in a professional context. I sold Nintendos and motorcycles <laughs> back in my life but, wow, but never. A bit of a change. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, <laughs> it's very different than selling due diligence services yeah. and, and it was it was very exciting. Sure. Uh, again, you come at to someone and it's really important because you, you got to build trust, still manage the relationship while the service is still delivered and, and manage internal stakeholders and external stakeholders because this was personal uh, or professional relationship that I had before joining this new institution and, mm. and um, it was, was really uh, um, quite tricky but, but very exciting. Sure. And maybe a third one, which uh, something that is close to my heart, is I was contacted once on LinkedIn and I was asked to give a lecture on financial due diligence right. in one of the French business schools. And again, amazing experience uh, and really transformational for me in a sense where you, you got to understand really, really well and very precisely what you're talking about. So I had two classes of 25 students. And again, very exciting, very challenging because when you do that in a professional context, it's quite automatic, you have your tools, etc. But when you gotta explain each and every detail of why you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. 
like it, it can be very hard. And, sure. uh, and, and again, the, the human aspect of that, delivering some of your knowledge and like training people and coaching people is something that is that was very, very thrilling for me. Sure. Very nice. Charles, how about your career highlights? What, a, what stands out for you? You know, in making the transition and changing geographies and moving from the United States and moving from the Midwest, which was a region where I had grown up, mm-hmm. uh, very familiar with all of the cultural aspects of being there. What are the companies that are housed in Kansas City or in St. Louis, family close by? You know, it's very easy to get comfortable and comfortable fast. And when I came to France, when it was only supposed to be a six-month stint, and now I'm in year nine, <laughs> that decision to extend it and really push to get a job and to find something that would allow for that visa sponsorship so that I could stay and continue this European adventure, I think that was the very first thing that I, I look back on my career and I say, okay, that was an excellent experience. And I think one of the biggest parts of it was is that I had to – look at myself and say, how am I going to get this done? Yep. I went into my MBA to say, I'm never again going to go back into sales and marketing. And I came to France going, well, I need a visa. I better get a sales and marketing job. And it probably <laughs> is going to be with clients in the United States because that's where my value is highest. Of course. I ended up doing that for the next four years. Wow. The the next thing though is, and the biggest impact that's had on my life is coming and working at INSAD. You know, participants come through our program and participants have this change that happens to them. This change has happened to me being a part of these teams and helping people go through these programs and growing with my team mm. as much as we have and being through all that we have. You know, we have this intense uh, passage of students through these programs and you've got to react and you've got to adapt. You've got to be agile. You've got to innovate. And that's exactly what being an INSAD allows you to do. So as much as the students are coming and using the MBA as a mechanism for change and innovating themselves, this is a place where as a person that works here, you can do the same thing. You yeah, can have these same goals and have these same accomplishments. Sure. And I think that's what I'm most proud of about being here. Mm. Yeah, really nice. Just listening to what you said, Charles, I, I completely vouch for what you said. I mean, we know each other now for, for several months. And uh, I mean, I've seen that on yourself, on myself, and all what you've accomplished during this year with everyone that you worked, this is really incredible. And it's fun. Hmm. And if you jump into it the right way, it's fun. And the thing about this is Yasin and I started working together before he came to INSEAD. And Yasin's approach was to be in Citibank. And we went to London and we went to the banks. And you have to go through this journey of self-exploration. It's very ambiguous. You don't know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. But being a partner with a, a student like Yasin, being there to answer the questions, to help with the pitch development, to help with understanding of how is it that I'm actually going to make my approach. Okay, now I have an interview. Now what do I do? And going from one stage to the next to the next, you know, seeing these triumphs, seeing these celebrations and being there not only through the hard times, but then through the celebrations mm-hmm. too. This is what it's all about. Yeah. And I'm happy to be sitting here with Yasin right now because this is this is what it is truly all about. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I mean, you can tell the, the relationship you guys have and it, it's really nice to see uh, that relationship and, and we can hear it, I mean, across it. It's really nice to be involved and thank you for sharing that with, with myself and the listeners, of course. Career fulfillment. Uh, we, the topic of, of the episode is about career fulfillment. So what does that mean to you, Yassine, and what do you hope it will... How do you hope that you will achieve career fulfillment? So... 
no mystery about it. Like I, I like to use frameworks. Sure. Uh, <laughs> probably part of what I developed in terms of skills this year, and, and also part of my previous experience. So I think there are there are two approaches I, I like to take, and it works like some kind of checklist. Sure. So two approaches. First one being a static approach. So I ask myself some questions and. Um, I see if I'm, I'm ticking the box or not. So the mm-hmm. first one being a static approach, second one being a dynamic approach. So if it's, we're talking about a static approach is, like career fulfillment means is my professional uh, activity, my professional life, is it aligned with who I am? Sure. Uh, am I the right person at the right moment, in the right place, the right organization? And, and if yes, this is what I call a static career fulfillment. Okay. And when it comes to dynamic career fulfillment is, am I still learning? Um, Am I still uh, developing as a professional, as a human being as well? Uh, Since I'm I'm planning or I spent so far, based on past experience, a lot of time at work. Sure. uh, uh, Do I get along with people I work with? And and, and how does this prepare me for my future endeavors? So uh, I need to say yes or, or, or like have a positive response to all that, these questions to like say, okay, like this is a fulfilling career for me so far. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's that sort of process is part of the reason you've, you've ended up here. I mean, you've had so many experiences in your career uh, up until starting an MBA. So, yeah, I guess one could ask, why choose to do an MBA when you've had all these experiences? Is it to... Uh, continue to learn and to continue to develop as a professional, I guess. That's very much that. And on top of that, being able to reflect on what I've done before. Sure. Unfortunately, it's been a very busy year, so the reflection (laughs) part, it's there. But again, the MBA was some kind of umbrella experience that would help me repackage everything and say, okay, where can I go with that? What did I learn? Mm-hmm. Because you're again, like when you're in a work setting, you, you don't have the time to think. Yes. Uh, you just produce, produce, produce. Of Sometimes course. you have the time to think, which triggers that career changes. But but with the MBA is, is acquiring the soft skills or like giving names of, on, on behaviors, which is something that uh, is one of my key takeaways from this year sure. is you know some some you have some knowledge but you don't know how to express it sometimes sure so giving a scientific name to what it is is, is something important because you can think about it on it and yeah opening horizons with what i've done so far so that that was the role of the mba no very nice mm-hmm. and charles career fulfillment to you what does it mean and how will you achieve it for your personal career well i think that when you sit where we sit in the career development center and you advise 500 students coming through every six months the first answer to that is there is no right one fits one size fits all answer you know it, it could mean i i want status it could mean i want a job that provides me with a level of income it could mean i want to go out and start my own business or i want to be a part of a multinational you know uh, international corporation all of these goals and all of these fulfillments are completely dependent on the individual. And I think that the core common theme from one individual to the next is is that each person look at what's important to them and to be honest with themselves and to prioritize based on those, uh, those things that are important to them. I see so many people going through this journey and they say the things that they say are priorities and you wonder if they really are and if they're only saying these things because of the influence that they see of the people around them in these programs. What you have to consider is is that, is this really the right direction for me? 
And then the other variable to all of this is will the market respond to my value proposition? And this is the place where you have to not only plan and strategize, but then you have to execute and do and see if that market is going to accept that value proposition. Career fulfillment, we can plan, but the higher power likes to do things with plans that we don't generally like about that. So the point that I would make is, is that be agile, be flexible, listen and know what's important to you. And the last thing is, is that you're in sad, you're gonna be fine. Just have the faith, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big smile from you, you see. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have I've never said that to you, have I? Uh twenty-five times. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. You seen what motivated you to take the career choices that you've had up until this point? And can you remember was there ever a moment, you know, that aha moment or the you know the cliff moment where you you sort of thought wow yeah this is what I'm going to do and and why did that occur? I've always uh, wanted to work in an international fast-paced high-impact environment and for me finance was a great career to start with uh, from what I perceived a career in finance was and frankly I've never been disappointed by that. So I, after good. high school, I went to law school. So I started by studying law and with the objective of being a lawyer. And on my second year, I founded a company and it gave me the, the, the taste of business. I said, like, why not being a business lawyer so that I can like, uh, bridge the gap between lawyers and business people? So I decided to go to study business and I realized very quickly that finance seems very attractive and ended up finance and uh, and just realized that law careers are, are very local and more so than, than finance careers. So, so this is what pushed me towards finance. And this was one realization I had back at the time. And second, when I joined the Texas, uh, uh, I had to sell what I knew back at the time, which is legal knowledge. And I made a point of starting networking very early in the organization to achieve my goal, which was to move to a front office position in finance where I could interact with investors, with companies, and again, in a very fast-paced international environment. And I literally went from door to door begging for people to take me and being very loyal to my team uh, back at the time. And I have all the support I needed to do that. And luckily, it worked at some point. So I pitched my idea here, like I'm here for the long term, et cetera, et cetera. And, and people were very responsive. And uh, I remember I pitched the idea in the morning and had an interview. In the afternoon, I got a job offer uh, on the same day. And it wow. was amazing, very happy. So this is how I really kick-started my career in, in finance and equity research back at the time, covering the healthcare sector in, in Europe. Sure. Wow. And uh, I suppose... Coming to the program, mm-hmm. uh, you've been involved in many clubs, participated in CDC activities. There's so many CDC activities, of course. Can you highlight two or three moments maybe that uh, you thought your time here, you know, you really appreciated those moments or, or what created the most amount of value uh, uh, for your time during the program? Sure. So, uh Probably one of my very first interactions uh, with the INSEAD as an MBA candidate is, uh, it was with Charles actually, uh, one year ago, very precisely. It was before uh, starting the uh, banking track in London. 
and I've been a very loyal participant to all the treks organized by CDC or by the clubs. And for me, great, great, great value because you gotta interact with a lot of companies. Uh, you gotta learn a lot uh, on these companies, on industries. So I did like retail treks, banking, uh, private equity, entrepreneurship, asset management, and it's it's very broad. Uh, subjects to deal with and I did that out of curiosity because uh, I just wanted to learn sure. um, even in, in sectors where I didn't have any career uh, aspiration and, and it was for me very helpful and CDC was, was really instrumental in I know building the tracks alongside the clubs. In terms of my implication in club activities maybe my biggest biggest highlight is I was, was part of the leadership of the Africa Club mm-hmm. and for the first year this year we organized a full day uh, conference the INSEAD Africa Business Conference uh, so we hosted uh, more than 300 people uh, held several sponsors and for the first time it was a full day so uh, a true it was like a startup basically so we built a startup out of almost nothing um, had to design the conference, find a team, find the speakers, reach out to them, convince them to come to Paris because some of them came from very, very far places. Like some of them came from Johannesburg, uh, Morocco, Ivory Coast, uh, London. So uh, it was great effort from the whole team. Mm-hmm. And uh, on top of that, we're very lucky this year because we built great friendships. We had a great, great team at the Africa Club and a great collaboration, even though people were spread out from word into Singapore to Fontainebleau so really hard to coordinate everyone but but uh, a great experience in having everyone involved in that in that great project and it was again a great achievement and uh, from what I hear around me so uh, very happy about it yeah <laughs> fantastic and I suppose that's a big part of uh, of the experience at INSEAD yeah is that the group projects you put together not just part of the the academic side of the the program mm-hmm. but also these activities you're talking about because there's so many diverse uh, career backgrounds, nationality backgrounds, uh, and you really begin to appreciate, I guess, the the differences and the different type of opinions and skill sets that come through. Is that a motivating factor or to, to choosing the program or is that something you've sort of discovered and experienced after being on the program? So it's, it's something you hear about before coming to INSEAD and you don't really know what is pure marketing and what's reality. And and I can tell you that it's 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 marketing, of course, but it's reality. Yep. It's it's. I mean, we're. I think our cohort we're ninety four different nationalities. Sure. So very very diverse uh, uh, backgrounds, experiences, and and you gotta learn uh, a lot from from that. Mm. And uh, well, you get along more with some people and others, but still, everyone is is very much very approachable and um, everyone's very open to share uh, their experience. And sometimes you just don't realize you get caught up on something you said, which is not acceptable in other cultures. Yeah, sure. And, and you learn from that. And, sure. and it's amazing because, it's a, again, it's a very safe environment. Uh, uh, everyone's very open to share and to learn from each other. And, uh, and it's amazing. Yeah. And those lessons, I guess, are really important moving forward when, as you said, you're out of that safe environment, back into the work and yeah, your career, you can reflect on those those learnings uh, that you've experienced in different group work and different cultures and go, oh, actually, that's something that I remember 
from my experience and, and something I want to try and adjust to or, or, or I'll learn from. So yeah, really nice. Okay. That's very true. And sometimes I just like get out from INSEAD for just a weekend, like traveling around, going back to London or, or Paris and you just forget that you just left your natural environment, which is INSEAD with like all the safety that you have. So it's sometimes a bit of a shock to discover that the world is, you, you can't be that open with the world. Sure. And uh, and it's a great, great chance and opportunity to be here at INSEAD and, mm. and being around all these amazing people. Nice. And we mentioned all the treks you've done and, and obviously that's one of the activities that's uh, featured with the CDC Centre. Charles, can you tell us more about the activities the CDC does, um, you know, just more about the CDC in general and, and what we can expect if we come to, to INSEAD to, to make use of those activities. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think first and foremost, when you look at the CDC, you have to recognize that it's it's made up of people that are really passionate, that are tremendously passionate about giving back to those that go through our programs, that being a part of enriching their experience. You know, I always look at our key indicators that we're after, which, you know, job performance is certainly up there, right? But for me, student satisfaction is the most important element of what we do, because that's going to drive whether or not they look back on this experience and they look back on engaging with us and say, yes, I was empowered. I was ready. I was put through a journey and I came out of it better for having been through it. And that's what's most important to me is them looking back on that experience and and finding that value. And so that's why I focus on student satisfaction. You know, the the people that are surrounded with us, they are all committed to the same mission. You know, operations, we're engaging with 580 companies. We're doing thousands of on-campus interviews that are with companies that are all over the globe, making sure that video conferences are set up. We're also making sure that our employer engagement team is engaging with over 580 companies that are out there so that the marketplace is educated about how to engage with an INSEAD MBA or executive MBA. These are the things that we think about every day and strive for every day and when you look at the activities well what we're doing is we're trying to find that value what's valuable to our participants so we just led a trek two of my my colleagues have led a trek through to amsterdam i know another colleague that's leading a trek through to hong kong you know these are the things that we're building because students are looking at these new locations amsterdam in particular because of brexit Hong Kong because of the financial aspect of it being uh, located in APAC. So, I mean, these are the things that we're after, too. We're listening to our students and we're developing programs that are valuable for them. After all, our mission is to create that platform to put the two stakeholders on the other side together so that when they meet, that magic happens. Mm. Nice. And and I guess there's many uh, insights you've got from meeting all these employers and, and, and seeing these interactions take place. And just doing a bit of research for today's uh, discussion, career development plan. You know, what is the importance of a career development plan? How do you go about making one? How is that something people should ultimately look to put together when thinking, what am I doing in my career? Where am I looking to go? 
Right. You know, the the thing is, is that when students come in, we've got a thousand students coming from all different locations, all different backgrounds with all different types of goals. And the challenge is to develop a program that they can tap into and find that value that will help them with that plan. Some are sponsored and planning to go back. Some are looking to use this as a mechanism to completely retool and rebrand. And those are two completely different ends of the spectrum. So how do we create enough value in between those two to make sure that those two look at this program and go, yep, I got what I needed to because that sponsored individual might be looking at what happens in year three, four, and five down the road and tapping into the value that they experienced while they were here. And so when we're building the programs around this, we're making sure that there's enough workshops, there's a career core, and certain students are more open to going through a career core and sitting through every session. Some are looking at it going, maybe I can only go here, there, maybe I'll go with my coach two or three times. Some are going six, seven times. Some are looking at employer engagement very early. Some are looking at employer engagement uh, advising sessions very late. This is a uh, program that we built that's tailored to all different types of those pathways through. You know, the journey is what's important. Engaging with us is what's important and making sure that we provide value for those different people at those different stages is what we're trying to uh, achieve in all of this. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess, as you said, there's so many, there's an amazing amount of uh, different aspects to a career and what people want from a career. Is it? Do you find that people have more success from from sitting down and taking some time to to really understand what they want from a career? Well, planning can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people, right? But I think the one thing that planning, in just a general sense, it's actually doing. You're thinking about, you're starting to action on that. You're not just strategizing, but you're executing on that strategy. And I think that that's the most essential element here. Those that are going through the program and just waiting for a job to come to them are not going to be happy with the outcome, just quite simply because they're not driving. They're not choosing. They're not looking at the marketplace. They're not listening to market responses. And therefore, there's no understanding. There's no value capture. But those that come into this program that are engaging with our coaches who set up programs to help you understand what are my triggers? What do I want to get up in the morning and do every day? And when they engage with their coach on a repeated basis, that starts to become clear. And then when they engage with employer engagement to understand, okay, here's my value proposition and how does that fit in the marketplace? Then they get the responses from the marketplace and they're able to adapt and adjust. That's the doing and that's where they need to be in order to find the success that they're after. If they come in thinking, I'm going to go and I'm going to be a city banker at the end of it all, they might get a whole thing blown up in their face and have to adjust on the fly and what do you do now? And that's what we're here for. And that's why we provide that support. That was, uh, yeah, a nice message there. And Charles' words ringing true there, maybe? Yeah, it's, it's so as I said earlier, we started interacting with Charles um, way before uh, the program started. And I also started to interact with my career coach before the program started. And, and we've been uh, meeting or talking several times very regularly. And maybe it's when, when I ask people around how many times have they talked to their uh, career coaches. And, and I'm, I think maybe I'm overusing it. I don't know. But uh, I think it's just the right usage, I think. And it comes back to the, uh, you know, each individual is different, I guess. So, you know, it was very useful yeah. to you to use it more and others not as much, I guess. Exactly. And th- these people are wiser than I am because they have the experience. They've seen a lot of situations. So 
just being able to build upon this experience and, and listen to their advice and just the way they would analyze situations is very important and very valuable and has been very valuable so far. Mm. And I, I wonder when all that will end, how will it be? But uh, I think there, there, there is a lot of value uh, sure. from that. And, and maybe one advice is start to do that as early as possible, yep. as I did, like or like before the program starts. Sure. Because again, you, you got to think about what you want to do. And it's it's hard to adjust during the program because you, you have setbacks. I know people who who were planning to interview in XYZ companies and never, never been invited, for example, for, for whatever even it is. So, yep. and you gotta be flexible, agile to readjust. What are your plans? It's, sure. uh, is it a real market response? Am I really, do I really come across the way I come across? And uh, uh, is there any other way? Okay, the door is closed. Can I, can I just enter uh, through the window? And, yep. uh, and I've seen people doing that and, mm. and, and good for them. Yep. So um, yeah, and then we had this discussion all along the program with Charles, uh, readjusting, refining the, the objectives, even after the summer, okay, like what is there that is different from what I considered before? And for me, was uh, like a religion. I wanted to be a banker, and then, and, and yeah, may, maybe not after the summer, and and um, and that's fine. And you have all the support you need to be able to think again about what are your career objectives, what is your what are your lifestyle choices, what are your and and, and everything's connected. And again, the help I got, the discussions I got are very valuable, including runs in the forest discussing about that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can occur anywhere. Yeah. Our final discussion features our first audience question as we give you the ability to ask our future guests career and leadership questions. Head to inse.ad forward slash itk9 or follow the link in the show notes where you can ask your own questions in our next episode which will be based on the topic transforming yourself and your organization the platform is open for the first two weeks of every month and the earlier you vote the more likely your question is to be upvoted by our other listeners so we'll finish up with uh, some quickfire questions and uh, we've had our very first uh, audience question come through uh, and I guess it's more about uh, careers of the future so I can get both your take on it but uh, Charles we'll start with you uh, obviously you're dealing with uh, various employers out there across as you said Europe and America but uh, what are employers looking for modern employers even looking for these days in employers and what are the modern skills or knowledge that people can sort of capture or, or look to brush up on to, to continue to push their career in the future Right. The, the technical skills are, are acquired across, you know, the thousand students that are coming through INSEAD and, and you're all bedded to get into INSEAD. So you're all very skilled and all very competent and you raise these technical skills to a certain level. What they're really after at that stage is how are you going to work with the other people? How, how well do you play with the other kids in the sandbox, sure. essentially, yeah, right? Are you able to influence? Are you able to influence without authority? Are you able to strategically think? Are you able to uh, analyze big data, big 
chunks of data these days. Data is everything. Data is currency in some industries. Uh, the ability to solve complex issues. Not only that, but within the people that you are working with, maybe the people that you're managing. These types of skill sets aren't going to go away anytime soon, and these will define the leaders of the future. Sure. Very nice. I really like it. And, and you've seen from your point of view, I mean, obviously you've got a more specific focus in your background, but what what is the sort of skills and the, the future uh, sort of knowledge and key things that will differentiate people in the, the maybe the banking and finance sector? That's an interesting question. And I remember once I've been approached for a very different role that my career path so far prepared me to, to take. And we had this, this very nice call over the phone and, and I asked them this question at the end, why me? And very interesting answer because they we're looking for talents. And I said like, what do you mean by that? We don't necessarily look for people that have the technical knowledge because we can teach you this technical knowledge. Sure. But we look for people that will behave the right way in the right situation. Mm-hmm. And it could be one definition of what leadership is and what a leader is, is do you influence your environment, influence your people? Do you take ownership of your actions within the organization? Do you connect your organization with other organizations? And um, I think this is something that employers are looking more and more to have Mm -hmm. and because they can teach you the technical skill. Sure. And from what I've experienced more in my finance career, a lot of what is done today in terms of work will at some point either be automated or uh, won't have the same value as today because a lot of uh, what you can do is either repetitive or triggered by by regulation and there will be a way to automate that and so a way to distinguish yourself is probably to have this uh, leadership capabilities and to demonstrate that nice Okay, so we'll move on with another question that we commonly ask all our guests, which is uh, what advice we give your 20-year-old self and try and place what you were doing uh, when you were 20 and uh, why that advice would be poignant, I guess. Uh, let's start with you, Yassine. Well, I'm still 20 years old, so I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, very nice. Yep. Um, no, more seriously, I, I would definitely say to my younger self work more exercise more and have even more fun uh, I think what what truly helped me in the last years is my commitment to discipline sure. it was something I truly understood with the marathon training and I guess that is very much common in all long distance endurance sports and, and it comes to daily marginal improvement helps you keep focused on your goals and build this feeling of progression and commitment to to long-term change and long-term progression and maybe a second one is uh, always surround yourself with people that are better than you because you learn a lot from the people you get along with sure it's that old uh, saying out there that you surround yourself by the six people that really influence yourself and you know you you grow from them exactly you're you're, you're the average of the people you surround yourself with exactly uh, great place to do it here i guess Mm. exactly yeah very nice and 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 charles how about yourself I mean, looking back at that time, you know, I I still think about this today, you know, just understand where you are in the moment and take it in and and live in this moment. Understand what you have available to you and take advantage of those things, right? And never be afraid to try, fail, learn. But part of try, fail, learn that I didn't know way back when, because I was doing a lot of failing in my 20s. 
I think we we all are. (laughs) Um, But I think the biggest factor that nobody really talks about is forgiveness because we're our own worst critics, right? So in try, fail, learn, you also have to have this level of forgiveness and understanding so that you can say, look, I'm, it's okay that I went that way. I was genuine in my approach and what I was trying to learn and so what I failed so it's not gonna keep me up at night. And that will keep you moving forward and trying new things and failing and learning and trying and failing and learning until that big success happens. Yep. And so I think that try, fail, learn, but forgiveness, yep. that's the big key. Yeah, very nice. I mean, it's something we were discussing just before the recording, but, you know, we're all fearful of being perfect and, and, and wanting yeah. to achieve perfection all the time, naturally. But, uh, yeah, no, it's really important to, to seek opportunities, take them when they're there and, and, and really act and, and do because, you know, uh, without doing something, nothing happens. Yeah. So, yeah, no, really nice message there. I think we've got time for one last question. So uh, I think we'll, we'll ask, if you could ask our listeners to take one action in their career today, what would that action be? Let's start with Charles. You know, it's the one thing that we did when we were thinking about building our employer engagement advising sessions. And this was around how to demystify networking and make it into simple, smaller steps and understand what it means within those simple, smaller steps using the resources at each one of these steps. Because building your network when you don't need it is the biggest key. Because when you have a network to tap into, when you do need it, well, that's an immense resource that is so difficult to match up to the value if you are looking for just, let's say, a job board or trying to get and build up your network. So once you already have it, then you can tap into it. Learn how to build that network up learn how to be a part of that ecosystem in that community and give, give, give into that community so that when it's time for you to take out, it's a natural process. Sure. You see? Well, uh, I won't be very original because I, I have the exact same answers. Build, <laughs> build, build networks, engage with people, talk to them, ask questions, answer questions, invest in others. And especially when you don't need them, the more you give, the more you receive. Sure. And, and it will definitely provide you with knowledge and, and opportunities. No. So I, mean, really? I met my wife like that. And, nice. And I found yeah. almost all my, my jobs like that. So. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a very powerful vehicle, but uh, yeah. oh, none greater than finding exactly. a wife, I guess. <laughs> and it, 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 need, it needs to be very natural. I mean, it's, sure. not, it's not networking for the sake of networking yeah. because and it someone... And genuine, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Someone told you need to network. Yes. This is why I like what Charles said, which is like, do it where you don't need it. Yep. And, and because this is where it's closest to, to uh, a genuine approach. Sure. So, yeah. I like what you said about investing in people. You know, that's the easiest way to build a network because when you're investing in people, you're filling a need. You're asking them, what is it that you need today? And you're helping them to grow. And that way, when you need to grow as well, that investment can pay those dividends. So your phrase of investing in people is a great mentality or mindset to approach how do I build my network? Yeah. And it's not only in people because you said like you invest in people and you may get some return out of these people. But yeah. I like to think about it as the network of the people you help. Like what is the value of your network is the network of your network. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's true. It's where you get a lot of value and you can like touch a lot of, of people you can't touch before ideas or knowledge or information. That's sure. Yeah. 
Oh, very nice. I think a very nice spot to uh, end the talk there. Thank you very much for both of your time. Uh, I know it's a a very busy period and uh, I wish you all the best in your future careers. And uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for listening to In The Know. If you want to know more about today's topic, head to www.inthenow.insead.edu forward slash podcast. To discover more about the INSEAD MBA, download the brochure at inse.ad forward slash podcast MBA.